Tell me a little bit about Larry Siegel and Mad Magazine in your life. Well, Mad Magazine also had a cartoonist in there that became the most famous cartoonist, Sergio Aragonez. Yes. He did all of those drawings. He lives in Ojai. I've met him. Well, he's marvelous. Yeah. So now uh, uh, Sergio was there, and he was fine. But Larry Siegel, Larry, Larry came in. There was a whole group of those people. They were all kind of outcasts. They, mm -hmm. them were taken from other shows. They were like, one of them was a professor of political science in Bemidji, Wisconsin. So there was wow. a strange group of people, and Larry Siegel was one of them. So it's fitting that he was writing for Mad Magazine, which was a real trip, you know. Mm -hmm. The uh, uh, but there's always this, there's always. It sounds serious. It sounds crazy. There's always a serious side to comedy, you know. Mm. And, and if you can find that button, then you can then you can make it. We're gonna do. Mm. I love laughing, but we're gonna do a new show now that will cause more trouble after I get through adding a laugh track to Trump, <laughs> right? And rim shots and music and everything. We're gonna do a show called Speak Up America. I did a show 40 years ago called mm. Speak Up America, where we took important issues like gun control and abortion and marriage in the church. And then we had people debate both sides. Hmm. Uh, we're going to do it called Speak Up, Speak Up America. And that, that should get me in trouble. We did nine shows, and then the NBC News Department made them cancel it because they, <laughs> we were too controversial and we were, too, uh, we were dealing with important subjects, so they, they made us cancel it. And now, you know, thank God they're canceled. So what are you going to do? So, George, you very happily live in the world of creativity, but also the world of business. You, very few people have that capability. This is why artists get taken advantage of in life, because they just want to be artists and people take advantage of that. But nobody ever took advantage of George Schlatter. What was the secret of being a businessman as well as being able to make a living in a creative world? Uh, a lack of fear. What happened is we would go in and uh, I was not afraid to get fired. And I was, I think I was fired more than any producer in television. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to get fired again when we do Speak Up America. Mm -hmm. uh, Laugh-In was an accident. They didn't mean to buy it. It was, it was uh, done uh, the day after the uh, uh, Miss America contest and they didn't have anything else to put on in there. So they... <laughs> Bought laughing as an accident, and we went in, and uh, they didn't like it because they said it didn't make sense. It was too fast, so I said I'll recut it. I tightened it down some more, and we walked in with a show that was really revolutionary. When you think about how long, it mm -hmm. was, and the fast cuts, and the fact we did editing that wasn't even possible then. But that was that was it. It, it was an adventure, an ability, and, a, and an obsession with swimming upstream, and that's what mm -hmm. laughing and. Uh, and that's what made it work. And Goldie Hawn was a dancer. She wasn't a comedian. And she, <laughs> came, she came in, and I mean, she was just so adorable and so charming. So, but we, she wasn't a comic. So we didn't know what to do with it. So we gave her an introduction of Dan Rowan. And she screwed it up so bad. And it was, and she said, oh, I'll do it again. I said, don't you touch that woman. You leave it alone. Ever, ever touch <laughs> that woman again. And wow. So from then on, she never got a chance to look at the cue cards. She never got a chance to rehearse and everything. We just made her make those mistakes. Did you have a mentor, George Schlatter, or was it just you making it up as you went along and, and trusted that if it made you laugh, it was funny to everyone else? We did. We had a script. We would shoot the script and then we would go play. And we did when you realize that Lily Tomlin is one of the greatest improvisational comedians that we ever had. 
and she would come in with these wild characters, and uh, we would put them on, and if it worked, we'd use it, and if it didn't work, we wouldn't use it, but it usually worked. Ruth Buzzy was another one, and she came in with these crazy, crazy characters. She auditioned in the Xerox room on a tin piano, singing her own composition of Don't Futz Around. <laughs> now, in that, but, you breed a superstar, you know. And but you Joanne trust Worley, Joanne Worley been sounding like an air raid warning, and Artie Johnson was selling suits at Carol's. And he came to my house, and he, he was the Easter Nazi. He laid Easter eggs all over our front lawn. Now, this sounds weird, but it was weird. But at that point, they were ready for something different. NBC was dying, and so we came in with all of these wonderful, wonderful Lily, Goldie, Joanne, you know, Artie. And, uh, and we, we played. We would tape until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And then the, we would do the joke wall last, you know, with all those people behind the wall. What went on behind that wall should never be reported. <laughs> but it was, so, it George, was an accident. We should so never eliminate summary, accident from our lives. You shouldn't. But you leave, you, you keep, accident, keep accident out of your line of work, but it works for me. I love it. Ken, I have to ask you one last but question. Did I ever thank you for the job you did on my knee? You did. Thank you. George, I have one last question. All right, wait a minute. Okay. Is it that you felt confident in what you thought was funny would be funny for everyone else? Yeah. Was That's where it came from? Yeah. I mean, my it's, wife, Jolene, understand, was, was, was the girl on the Kovacs show. So she yeah. was a real appreciation of, of comedy. My daughter, Maria, wound up editing it. And what we would do is there were no rules. We were constantly hit with, you can't say that, you can't do that, you shouldn't do this. And we would do it anyhow and then deliver it and take a chance. And so when mm. NBC looked at it, they didn't even like the show. They didn't want to air it because wow. it was fast and whatever. So, uh, and that's what made it work. And so I've been, making, I've been living off of my mistakes ever since. But I <laughs> George, I want to thank you for waking up early to be with us. Well, of all the guests I've interviewed over 10 years, you make me smile the most. I want to thank you so much for being there. Listen, doctor, thank you for my knee. I now don't walk like a comic valentine. Thank you. <laughs> it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks again, George. I really appreciate right, it. Bye Thanks, bye. Chris, for making it happen. All right, Warriors, coming up next, the clinic will be open. We'll have a few minutes. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And I want to tell a story about going to visit a prosthetics shop in Ventura. I'll explain coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN.